Blog Talk Radio. Interviewing your favorite musicians, comedians, and other creative souls. This is the Carrie Edelman Show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Edelman Show. We have the amazing hard rock band and slash industrial metal band, Low Pro, coming on momentarily. I'm so excited to have Pete Murray coming on tonight and this band. These guys are just phenomenal, and it's just awesome to see them back out with a brand-new album titled Disintegration Effect. So please go to iTunes, CD Baby, all the major digital sites, and pick up a copy of this album. It's phenomenal. We're going to talk about their musical journey tonight, and these guys are just such amazing musicians, and it's a pleasure and honor to have them on my show. So I just want to do a brief introduction tonight, as I always do with my show. I I started the show approximately, I can't believe it's been almost two years now um, ago, because I wanted to create a forum where I could really bring people on in the entertainment industry to help support and promote them and help spread the name and word out there about who they are. We all know how challenging the entertainment industry is and how difficult it can be, especially today uh, with musicians and labels changing and the Internet um, doing a lot of the work that labels used to do back in the day. So, again, I really wanted to create a forum to really help spread the word about the artists and uh, entertainers that I have on my show. A little bit about myself, I have my doctorate degree in clinical psychology, and one of the things I just really enjoy doing is interviewing people. I also have a background in the entertainment industry. I have an album out as a solo artist, and I do some writing for some entertainment magazines, and then I created the radio show to combine my two passions, which I thought, what a better thing to do. So on my show, you're going to get a really good taste of what these people's lives are like, what it's like to be in their profession. A couple of things I just kindly request uh, people keep in mind is I want my guests to be open and feel like to uh, feel like talking whatever they'd like to talk about, but just if they're going to reveal any entertaining stories or uh, potentially embarrassing stories, uh, we love comedy on my show, just to please keep any identifying information out about the persons, organizations, et cetera, that you may be talking about. And although I mentioned that I'm a psychologist, my show is purely meant for entertainment purposes. Uh, we do not do formal therapy, uh, even though people like to joke around with me and uh, more open to talking about things in an educational format, but uh, it's not going to be personalized to anyone. So if you're tuning in, please create a Blog Talk Radio account by going to blogtalkradio.com. You can also call in tonight at 805-243-1320. I do have all the information available in the chat room. I am a one-person show, so I really want to stay focused and hone in on the interview with Pete. So I will try to go back into the chat room that I have open, but please feel free to call in. So I just want to do a brief intro because, as I said, uh, I love these guys. I could literally do a couple of different interviews with them because I think my interview could go on for hours. Um, But let's talk a little bit about who they are. Many of the diehard fans, from what I've been reading about, and I did a lot of research on these guys, will remember um, Low Pro formerly as Ultraspank before they formed and became Low Pro. And that was a really uh, awesome band, hardcore, industrial metal. They had some awesome stuff out there. Eventually, they, they disbanded and Low Pro had formed. Um, they released two amazing albums featuring their hit single, Sunday, which was off of uh, their self-titled album, Low Pro followed by a follow-up album where they had the hit single Alive off of it, and that was The Beautiful Sounds of Revenge, and I love the title of that album. Uh, those albums are just phenomenal. I seriously cannot get enough of uh, this band stuff. So, I mean, these musicians are just extremely seasoned. They are 
true songwriters. They really know and get the gist of what writing an amazing song is. Um, they will talk about tonight some of the challenges that they've had in the entertainment industry, what they've learned from it. Um, they've demonstrated that despite some of the difficulties they've had uh, throughout their careers, that they've been able to come out on top and continue writing amazing music. So tonight we're going to talk about their album also, Disintegration Effect. Please check it out. Go to lowpromusic.com. You can also go to iTunes, all the major sites. We're going to also talk about uh, Life on Planet Nine, which is another side project they have. These guys are just involved in way too much stuff. So without uh, any more words here, let me bring Pete on so we can get into this interview. Hey, Pete, how are you? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were a clinical psychologist. Wait a second. Oh yeah, we'll talk off the air. Oh. I got I got tons of exciting stuff going. On. I'm just so good at <laughs> No, but I am. Yeah, I do a lot of forensic work too. I need to craft my answers so that they're extra <laughs> ambiguous. No, you don't. You'll be great. You'll be great. But thank you so much for coming on, Pete. I've really, truly been looking forward to interviewing you for several weeks since I, you know, kind of met you through uh, Franz Drine, and we're going to talk about him later and all the involvement with the Battlefield of the Mind project. So, yeah, lots of good stuff tonight. Lots of good stuff. All right. Thanks for having me. Lots of good stuff. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk out again, unfortunately, because I am a psychologist I have a certain way how I prepare my interviews. Tell me a little bit about again yourself. Just oh, sorry, I have to do this. Just I just want to learn about you growing up. Like, what were you like? How did you start getting involved in music? What inspired you? So, just tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, etc. You know, I grew up in Westchester, New York. Okay. Um, and I, you know, I I was always a fan of music. Like, I wanted to be Jim Morrison in high school. <laughs> Um, I was really good at the, the drinking part, I think. Okay. But I wasn't really, I never really, like, I, it's weird. I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of friends who played music, so I, I, I never even thought about making music myself. I just, from as long, I mean, I used to rock back and forth on my bed listening to my brother's records when I was just a little tiny kid. So for as long as I can remember, I always had a soundtrack going for my life, so... I mean, he was into, like, I, I remember listening to, to Sabbath Volume 4 when I was just a little tiny kid and was heavily into Pink Floyd and um, got into U2 and Zeppelin. And, so I was kind of a classic rock guy growing up. And then mm-hmm. I left New York to come out to California for college, and that's kind of where I really got turned on to everything else, <laughs> I guess. Okay, um, so just real quick, just digress a little bit. So you're you were more of a fan of music you're talking about growing up in terms of just listening to it. You didn't grow up, like, singing or playing an instrument or anything like that? I played, like, every instrument in the world, but I didn't master any of them. Okay. So I played the, I played the piano. I played cello, which is the one instrument that I wish I'd never given up. Um, I think okay. I played clarinet for a while. I played drums. I mean, I was always around music, but mm-hmm. never thought about singing, really, until kind of later. And then wow. realized really quickly that singing was what I what I should have always been doing. Okay. So you fast forward. So you leave New York. You go to – where do you go to college in California? I went to the University of California at Santa Barbara. Nice. And what were you studying? Someone has to what do you... it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I was a, did... I was a film, film major out there. Really? And 
I was, yeah. But, you know, I um, I gave myself, so I, I graduated, and I, I had a little timeline for myself, and I was going to leave Santa Barbara um, a year after I graduated. Mm-hmm. And a month before I left, I wound up meeting Tyler Clark, who was the drummer of, uh, the original drummer for Ultraspank. Okay. And I, I, I almost left California, and probably, I don't know, I, I would have done something totally different on the East Coast, but... Um, Tyler and I got along real well, and I joined a band that he was in. We did that for a couple of years, and then I turned into Ultraspank, and, and off we went. Nice. But so in college, I was, literally... in, I was in kind of goofy. Right. I was in goofy cover bands in college, but never anything okay. really serious until until afterwards. So, about what age did you start dabbling in the singing, where you started to realize this is what I really want to do? I bought my first microphone when I was eighteen. Wow. And I plugged a backstage amp, and there, and off we went. Now, did you take any form of vocal lessons, or is this purely natural? I mean, your voice is just, it's just phenomenal. I mean, it's untouchable. I haven't heard something. I'm serious. No, I mean, from, no, I'm serious. From the falsetto that you do to the, the aggressive scream to just, you know, just the melodic singing, it's just it's crazy. So tell us, did, do, do you did, have any lessons, I or did. is this all? Go ahead. So I was I was in a band in Santa Barbara for a few years, and we were like full speed metal. Okay. Um, and that, that that band broke up, and then Tyler and I moved on to Ultraspank, and Neil became a part of that project. And in that lag period, uh, my wife actually pushed me to take some vocal lessons. So I took opera lessons from a, a woman in Santa Barbara, and that kind of changed everything for me because I kind of learned – I learned how to sing incorrectly in, like, the least damaging way, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if, how else to describe it. I mean, I, I didn't – I don't sing opera on a regular basis or anything like that, but I really kind of learned how to sing correctly, and it really kind of changed how I approached music. Wow. Well, uh, I'm pretty, pretty much self-taught from then on. But wow. I, I just um, – I, I – sing all the time so I'm constantly trying out new things and I love all kinds of music so I always want to try different kinds of styles and I don't have any reason not to so I just do it all the time that's cool that's, that's all really say. cool nice <laughs> no. yeah. so yeah. when did um so Ultraspank formed let's get into that a little bit because like I said I could interview you for hours but they formed yeah. what, in like kind of the late 90s um, so that would have been, yeah, probably 95 or I was reading or about it. Yeah. Okay. We were only around for like two years, and then we got a record deal. So, you know, we'd been playing Santa Barbara for years and years, but as Ultrasnag just for a couple of years. And I remember our okay. first gig in, in Santa Barbara was opening for a band called Snot. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember Snot. I've heard of them. I they mean, again, of, I had it. Go ahead. Yeah, they were all friends of ours, and they were starting to line up to get a record deal. They wanted to get the record deal maybe six months ahead of us or something. Okay. But we played our played our first gig and then got signed a record deal like two years later. Wow. And then so Ultraspank, you guys get signed to, because I was reading about this, and let me see, was it Epic, Epic Records? We got signed by the president of Epic Records. Wow. It was it was epic. And it then, was epic, um, no pun we were, intended. Yeah, I mean, literally, like, it was the dream. And then we were mixing our first record with our first choice of producers. It was a guy named David Boschel who did, like, 
Peter Gabriel's Passion record and the Tool record. Nice. We were in the studio mixing the record, and the president got fired. <laughs> oh, and, gosh. And look, looking, looking back, I mean, you know, we, we did put out two records on Epic, but mm-hmm. ultimately, ultimately the new president came into Epic, and, and, I mean, she made a statement about not caring about any of the previous president's bands. kind of got we kind of got stuck in a tug of war between the East and West Coast office because we've made a lot of friends on the West Coast. You know, I, I don't want to say I regret anything, but we probably could have just pulled could have pulled the plug on Ultraspank and moved on to something else because ultimately it was never going to happen for us. I mean, people were still buying records back then. You couldn't find our record in a store ever. Like, we were on the OzFest, and I never walked into a record store and found my record. So it was a bummer, that, but at the same time, it was, yeah. it was a blast. We toured with a ton of bands. We made a lot of really good friends, so we did some crazy tours in Ultraspec. And, and, who did yeah, you guys tour with? Who did you guys tour with? What uh, was in the band? Seven Dust a bunch of times. Um, we did a nice. little run with Slipknot, several runs with Incubus. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we had a black. We did a European run with Stuck Mojo. So I've known the Lowry Brothers forever. That's uh, great. We, That's, we, yeah. We had a lot of fun in that band. We did the Oz Fest in 1998 which was one of the last super fun years as a band to play the OzFest because we, we didn't have to pay to play and all that kind of bull crap. Wow. And they would rotate the order of the side stage, so we would all headline one day, and it was super, super fun. That's cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And I think, I think as, you, as we progress throughout the interview, I think, and like I said, this is one of the things I really respect about you guys and from reading a lot about you guys is that despite some of the challenges and difficulties you've had along the way with a couple of different labels, you know, you've continued to pursue music and, you know, like you said, not look back and really regret anything, but rather maybe learn from it, so to speak. I mean, we'll we'll talk more about it, but wow. So, okay. So let's. The bottom line is we love to make music. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, when I was a little younger, I, I definitely attached kind of the formula to being successful I and mean, you got to be on a label, you got to be touring, but that's, that's not really the deal. You know, as long as I'm making music that I think is the best that I can do and I'm challenging myself, that's totally cool mm-hmm. with me. I'm, I'm honestly, that's awesome. I just like think, to make music. Right. Do you think Pete personally, like you're, you know, I don't want to say like, like in psychology, a lot of times we are able to, you know, people that like you have insight that are intelligent. You're able to kind of see the industry or where you're at for what it's worth. No, 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 and, no, no, no. I'm, but I'm serious. Intelligent might be no, a stretch, but. No, you are. No, 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 you are. But do you think from your past experiences, you got to a point where you're like, you know what? Even if I'm not touring and making millions of dollars, like you said, I'm I'm making music. I like what I'm doing. I'm going to stick to kind of my genre and what I have to do rather than getting stuck in like a cookie cutter approach like a lot of bands do. I mean, do you think that that shaped you in some way? It, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's it's very liberating when you get to that point. And I wasn't always like that, you know. Right. Um, low low pro went through a very similar thing. You know, we we signed with the president of. Geffen, Geffen Records, you know, Aaron Lewis took us to him, and and the, the yeah. guy turned out to be a com- complete douchebag. I mean, he didn't, he didn't. I don't even think he liked us. I don't even know why he signed us. And there was nothing we could do about it once we had signed the deal. So wow. we went, we went through we went through an anger phase for sure. And then, but at the end sure. of the day, it's even when Ultraspank 
I, I remember distinctly, like, Ultraspank broke up, and I'm just because we kind of had to. I mean, there was just nothing was going to happen for us. And Neil showed up to my house literally a few days later with his guitar. He's like, kid, I got this riff. Let's let's throw it down. So, I mean, we just that's just kind of what we do. Right. And um, so I, how I did think you meet? It's weird. I mean, go ahead. People used to ask me all the time, like, oh, do you have any advice for an upcoming band? And I, I mean, I, it's like I would give these lame answers about, oh, I don't know, <laughs> to play play a lot. But at the end of the day, yeah, you know, I mean, I guess I guess you're, you have a choice. Like, if, if you're playing music just to make money, then look at the music business, figure out what kind of music makes the most money, and make that kind of music. If you're making right. music because you, you know, you want to be a musician, then make, just make the best music you can all the time. Mm-hmm. Just write music all the time. And what you, what I've found is that I, that just makes me com- totally happy. I don't really need anything else. I mean, it's, I would love for, you know, this, the, the latest low pro record to explode. That would be awesome. But if it doesn't, I'm still going to probably make another one, you know, at some point just awesome. because I like, I like to do it. Right. So whatever. Right. So let's, and I have so many questions. So let's digress. So, when Ultraspank disbanded, Neil Godfrey, he was correct. He was with Ultraspank originally. And you. He was, yes. Okay. Yes. And then you're saying he comes and Neil and I, um, you know, you know back, backing up a little bit there on that story, it's kind yes. of funny. When I was in my speed metal band, Neil was in a band in Santa Barbara that played kind of like funky rock music. Mm-hmm. And my band hated his band. <laughs> Because <laughs> they they would play and like all the women would show up to see them, and we were, we rehearsed right next to each other. And we just thought they were cheesy and lame, and, and they hated us because we were loud and obnoxious. And, and then he and I like it's funny both our band broke up at the same time, and Tyler kind of orchestrated that whole thing, bringing Neil into the picture. So That's Neil and good. I have been writing music together for almost twenty years at this point. Wow, That's and you know that's, awesome. that says that's awesome, and that says something about your relationship with him and, and vice versa, because again, it's so hard and I, and we'll talk off the air one day, but I think when I was doing more kind of live shows and stuff like that, the hardest thing for me was finding serious people that had the same goal in mind that was able to work as a team. And it's so great. And I really envy that when I see people that just have like this bond musically and can just get along yeah, with each other. And it's just amazing. Putting five people together in a room to, you know, music is a very personal <laughs> thing. It's a very personal, creative oh, absolutely. thing. It's like, I mean, it's impossible to get the ego out, you know. And I, I, know. I can tell Neil I don't like one of his riffs, or he can tell me he doesn't like one of my vocal lines, and it's not a weird thing. It's not like, right. you know, right. oh, you know, I don't get mad. I mean, neither of us get right. mad, and we just move <laughs> on. We just move on, and that's that's huge. It's huge. That is, definitely. you got to be around like-minded people. When you're making music. Yes, and you got to be humble, and you have to have some ability, right, to kind of step back and take that constructive feedback and not take it so personally that, like you're saying, yeah, the, the narcissism and the ego gets so in the way that you can't even function. I know. Well, totally. We're not gonna go on. Totally. Right. <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure, like, you know, in psychology, I mean, the whole group dynamic is it's pretty fascinating, you know? Like there's, oh, yeah. Um, I was talking to David Ellison about it, actually, when we, we did this show in Los Angeles mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And he was talking about the group dynamic and how there's always one person who excels in the group, and then there's always one person who tries to hold the group back. 
Yep. Absolutely. I mean, he's like, and he's like, I'm not talking, that's like any corporation, any small business. Sure. He goes, certainly, certainly a band, but and it's like any group you're a part of, there's always the different dynamics within the, within the group. So. Yeah, no, that's definitely interesting. Okay. It's so all a learning but, process. Absolutely. So let's like rest to it. So Neil comes to your house, he has this riff, and then this is the kind of, beginnings of low performing and tell us a little bit about you know how did you come up with the name for it what's the symbolism or meaning behind it and then we'll we'll talk a little bit about getting signed to Geffen and and then moving forward yeah I think the first song that he had was a, a song that later turned out to be called Fuel mm-hmm. but but he and I just kind of started we didn't really have any goal in mind he and I just kind of you know the, the technology was starting to catch up with with my wallet a little bit, you know, like you could actually buy Pro Tools for less than twenty grand. <laughs> I mean, they they started introducing you know consumer versions of recording software, so I was starting to be able to record our ideas, which was huge. You know, we we did everything in the past. We would do like MIDI sequencing and then sample guitar riffs and stuff. It was really time consuming, but now I could actually keep up with Neil and his creativity and record everything, and we. All of a sudden, had like a half a record, and people would run into us and be like, "Well, what are you guys doing?" And be like, "Well, I don't, you know, we're just we're just writing songs," and and we we wound up getting a record deal before we'd even put put a band together. So, and and how did Lopo that happen? Kind of, did Aaron Lewis find you guys? Did he, you know, you know, Neil had worked on a on an album with a band called Down the Sun. They were signed by um, Clown from Slipknot, I believe. Okay. And. Um, he had met this guy in Kansas City at the time who later started working for the firm management company in Los Angeles. And the firm mm-hmm. had like Limp Biscuit and Limp Biscuit and Stained and um I don't know, a couple other mega acts at the time. Yep. But he started working for the firm and he I don't know, Neil had played him some songs when he was doing the Down the Sun record and he said, Well, hey, can I pass some of these on to Aaron Lewis? He's actually thinking about starting a label, so in retrospect, it was probably maybe a little too early. We didn't have a whole record. We didn't even have a band, but we had some really good songs, and Aaron heard them and basically signed us without even ever seeing us. Wow. <laughs> I, I remember the first show, you know, like the first tour we did was The Stain, and I remember he came out. He was kind of watching backstage that first show, and you could tell he was totally relieved when we were done because <laughs> we could actually <laughs> – play and pull it off live and I don't I you know I think he was kind of confident but at the same time really didn't know whether we were going to be able to get up there and and put on a show and we definitely had a great chemistry in low press so that's awesome that part was that's awesome that part was kind of easy easy for us so and how did you guys come up with the name how did you come up with the name low pro what's the uh meeting behind right, that so because we hadn't been playing around and no one really knew what we were doing it was just we were we were just keeping this low profile which is where low pro very cool. Uh-oh. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we really, we really kind of came out of, like, when we, I remember when we got a deal, we were in L.A. recording, and we'd run into people that we knew, and they'd be like, what are you guys doing? And we're like, oh, we're recording a record for, for, for Def. What? <laughs> so we'd kind of fallen off the map, but at the same time, we were working really hard to create something new. So that's where it came from. No, that's awesome. I like that. I like, and I think I think looking at you guys and just in terms of you know your personality and how you present yourself, 
it doesn't look like you guys are someone who has to be like this stellar star out there. And, you know, I mean, like the Kardashians, like everywhere. And I think that really yeah. represents yeah, that, you guys well. I mean, it's it's cool. I like it. That was never cool. my thing, for sure. I mean, you know, again, in retrospect, I probably could have tried a little harder, but I just, you know, like I've, I've just never been that guy. I mean, I, I right. love to make music, and that's kind of the bottom line. Like, I don't have any crazy hobbies. I mean, I, I'm just a dude who likes to play music. That's it. That's awesome. And it's tough, That's you know, awesome. like when we were on the, in Ultra Spank on the Oz Fest, you know, like Lynn, singer of Snot, you know, like mm-hmm. came out on top of Lynn Biscuit's toilet in the middle of the show and was getting a blowjob and like that, that, <laughs> that's who I was competing with, you know, like I'm like, man, oh that's my just not me, you God. guys. I'm just, right. I'm just this dude, dude who likes to sing. I'm not going to be busted with a Heroin needle sticking out of my arm. Right. Like, I'm not going to date a porn star. Like, I'm just this guy, man. But whatever. Whatever. No, that's awesome. To each his own. That's awesome. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay, so so Aaron gets you, you guys get signed to the label, and then you put out the subtitled album, Lil Pro, which I cannot get enough of, seriously. Um, yeah, oh, nice. I mean, I'll, nice. Yeah, Sunday, Monday, like Reach. So, yeah, nice. Oh, great stuff. So what happens after you're saying that the person, the main person, just for whatever reason, you guys didn't either click with, or what happened in terms of them deciding yeah, to Yeah, it was just on? weird. You know, like they, they kind of weren't paying attention. Right. Um, and this guy, this guy, he's he was just a very difficult man to communicate with. So mm-hmm. a lot of money got spent before anybody really – realized what we were doing. I think that was the the biggest problem. And we were fighting it the whole time, but we were just, it was, we just couldn't win. Basically. Right. But we spent a lot of money on a producer, a lot of money recording in LA. Neil and I kind of thought we were ready to do it ourselves at that time. Mm-hmm. We probably, we probably weren't in all fairness, you know, we weren't quite ready to do it ourselves, but we wanted to do something way more kind of low budget and, and garagey. But you mm-hmm. know, we were on a massive, a massive label, and it was kind of the very tail end of that big money era. Right. So we made we made a big budget record, and the music business started to tank, and people weren't really paying attention, and we we just we just had so much money against us that it, it just it was kind of doomed before it even started. Wow. Doomed with doomed with Geffen, I should say. You know, we we did we yeah. did it again though. Amazing tours. You know that was. Yeah, definitely the plus. The plus of signing with Aaron is that we were, you know, the first tour we did was with Stain, and we did several after that. So, right, no, we definitely, definitely. Got, we got out there, but yeah, ultimately it just wasn't going to happen. Right, and then that leads after. So after you leave Geffen, then you on your own, you guys put out the beautiful sounds of revenge, which I think that is telling in and of itself the title. I love that title, and I mean personally, yeah. for me. <laughs> That album, just because I've been going through some of my own stuff, I mean, I can't tell you how much that has helped me. I mean, songs like Pushed Aside, Wasting Away, Hang On, Clean the Slate, it's just, it's so, like, I don't know, prolific in its own way. It's just amazing. And whenever I get, like, a little down, I listen to that, and I'm like, you know what? You push forward. And that's what I've always done in my life. I've always been that type of person that no one's going to tell me I can't do something. So just hearing that music, Pete, it's just it's great. The lyrics are great, and it's just, yeah. Awesome stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you, you just keep getting up. 
Yeah. But but I will say, like, you can also get up and kind of move to the left a little bit, you know, and, like, sure. not keep getting – keep not get – you know, just take it in the face all the time. So, like, <laughs> Absolutely. That record definitely marked kind of a change for me where I just, you know, at the end of the day, I'm, I'm still going to, going to do this. So yeah, that, that, that record was, was very therapeutic for me for sure. Yeah. Now did you, and you put that on one of my favorites too. So, I mean, it's, I liked it better than our first big studio record. Obviously the production wasn't the same, but, um, we had a lot of fun great. making it. And, yeah, yeah we, we had a blast making it. Did you do it independently? We did. We did it all ourselves. Yeah. And you did yeah, you do all the mixing it, it was, for it? The mixing uh, of it We actually everything? had a. We produced it with a friend of ours up in Santa Barbara named Angus Cook, who had a a pretty legendary underground studio in Santa Barbara called Orange Whip. Nice. Which was okay. a lot of like lag wagon. I don't know if you're into that kind of stuff, but. Um, a lot of Joey Cape's bands were recording there. And, uh, it was a very cool place. It it shut down, so uh, we're not able to record there anymore. But we used to do this awesome deal where I, I you know, I, I could sit in there without an engineer all weekend. Me and Tommy recording like fifteen songs in two days and stuff. Super 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 fun doing it. Wow. That way. Yeah, yeah, no, that album is, you're right. I mean, and I think, I like I said, I mean, I love the stuff I heard on the, you know, original self-titled one, but that one just had some awesome songs on it. I mean, it really has some great stuff. Um nice. so I could see how thank, you would say it's therapeutic for you. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that was All my right. couch session, that record. That was, your, <laughs> that was your couch I think all of your records have some resemblance of a couch <laughs> session in them, so to speak. But, um <laughs> yeah. A little whiny, I guess, but yeah, they definitely. No, no, I just mean me. lyrically. You know, lyrically, totally. I think it's just the totally. way you write is very open-ended, so to speak. So that I think each person can really apply the music just in their own way of how I'm, it relates to them. I'm glad you said that. Yeah, that's that's kind of the, you know, I definitely try not to make it so personal that someone else can't relate to it. So. Right. Oh, absolutely. Thanks for saying Definitely. that. That's cool. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, so let me see what else I have here because I want to get to your music and start introducing the new stuff. Um, yeah, bring it. All right, let's noise. do that. So let's, let's do this. We're going to bring the noise now. Let's start out just to take a break. We'll introduce one of these songs, tell us a little bit about it, and I'll um, we'll take a break and then we'll come back and really get into talking about your new album. So the one I'm going to okay. play is your new hit single, uh, Give Me Life, which is off of The Disintegration Effect. So tell us you about the hit single. Smash hit single. What's that? You forgot it's smash. It's a smash. Sorry about that. <laughs> smash single yeah. hit. Okay. So tell <laughs> us a little bit about this track and why did you choose this one as the, uh, the initial one to release off of it? Uh, you know, it just kind of made sense because it was it appears in the Battlefield of Mind soundtrack as well, mm-hmm. and and I just think the the message the kind of they give me life. It's kind of a rebirth tune, so it just kind of made sense as our first single, cool. if you will. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's great, and we're we're going to talk a lot of it about, like I said, about the Battlefield of Mind stuff a little later too. All right, cool. Awesome. So let me put you on hold, and we're going to check this. Smash single out, and yeah, then we'll come back, all right? Nice. Okay. <laughs> all right, hold on. All right, everyone, you're listening to Pete Murray from 
Lopro, and we're going to check out their smash hit single right now, Give Me Life. Please check out this album, download it on iTunes, CD Baby, and all other major digital sites. It's called Disintegration Effect. So here we go. Check out Give Me Life, and we'll be back in a moment.
All right, everyone, welcome back to the Carrie Edelman Show. Again, the smash hit single, Give Me Life, off of Lil Pro's new album, Disintegration Effect. It is out now. Please pick it up also. Please check out, we're going to talk about it a little later in the show, the documentary, Battlefield of the Mind. It's an amazing documentary. This this track is on the soundtrack. It's by um, the videographer and photographer, Fran Strine, and it really captures um, veterans that are suffering from PTSD. They're doing amazing stuff to support and promote the cause. So you can go to chill.com forward slash B-O-T-M. So please check up a, pick up a copy of the documentary as well as the soundtrack. I think they have T-shirts available for sale. All the sales go towards various organizations that are supporting the veterans with post-traumatic stress disorder. All right, let's bring Pete back on. All right, Pete, Hello. amazing track, awesome, awesome stuff. <laughs> Thank you for that. Very cool. Hey, I want to give a shout-out to o- Otan Vargas. What's up, Otan? He's, he's listening right now. Oh, and is he awesome? Let's yes. give a plug to him, too, because Otan is going to be coming on the Carrie Edelman Show sometime in June. So uh, nice. everyone check him out. Yep. Check out Otan Vargas, his amazing music, and he'll be coming on sometime later in June. We haven't solidified the date yet. Dude is a beast. <laughs> He's great. His stuff is really good. I've been listening a lot to the uh, to the two albums that he sent me. So everyone, check out his stuff. Otan, E-O-T-A-N, and last name is Vargas, V-A-R-G-A-S. All right. Very nice. cool stuff. Yes. Okay, so now let's get into talking about this new album, Pete. And I think the thing that most captivated my attention was, like I said, I really needed to familiarize myself with Ultra Spank and the sound. Because I saw a lot of people saying they were really excited. You kind of, you know, incorporated more of that industrial metal sound that Ultra Spank had. So now I can see what they're saying. Because I went to do some... uh, searches last night and I listened to the song Five and a couple of other songs by Ultra Spank. So why did you, ah. you think yeah, why did you guys choose you think to go back a little bit to you know, kind of your older roots? Uh, you know, it, it <laughs> we we got a, a lot of our hardcore Ultra Spank fans were always kind of begging us to put Ultra Spank back together, which I, I don't really like moving backwards like that. I mean, you know, like why why would we do that when we're kind of all about low pro? Mm-hmm. Um, this was definitely a little nod to all those people to kind of make them happy. But really this record came about because um, we got approached in after Life on Planet Nine show in Santa Barbara by a guy who does movie soundtracks, and he wanted he wanted to know if we'd be interested in doing the score, actually kind of like a rock opera to a uh, Oh, cool. Kind of the cyborg apocalypse movie that he was making, mm-hmm. it was like a B movie. We, we knew that probably slim chance that that was going to happen, but we started kind of writing almost a concept record, which we've never really done before. But Neil and I were just like, man, let's stockpile mm-hmm. a bunch of songs just in case mm-hmm. this happens. And that's kind of why we sort of embraced the, the kind of the industrial feel because we were sort of matching. Uh, the tone of what this film was going to be. I don't even know if it ever got made or anything, but um, <laughs> it it fell fell through for us. But it it totally put us in high gear, and we just hit the hit the ground running, and and all these songs just came out super fast. So 
Wow. But that's definitely why we we kind of leaned in a more industrial direction because that's kind of what this this movie was going to be. The movie was going to right. And we realized it was kind of fun, and we were changing it up a little bit from the last record. So, um, you know, we're we're a little ADD, so you know, like change is good. <laughs> it keeps things definitely. interesting. You know, we definitely definitely didn't want to just make the same record again, and this this was a great way to kind of change it up a bit. And we've definitely. I've gotten like thank you emails from some of our our hardcore Ultraspank fans who are still out there and very excited to hear this kind of sound again. That's cool. Yeah, no, I mean I really can appreciate it because I wasn't as familiar as I said with the Ultraspank material. So yeah, it's just it's really good stuff that you guys have on this album. Definitely heavier and grittier and yeah, yeah, it's great. Um, yeah, it's kind of what I always wanted to do too, and in the and I just didn't have the technology, you know. I mean, the, my first sampler that I bought in Ultraspank cost me like thirty-two hundred dollars. Okay. You can basically get you can get a a, a program plug-in for your computer for like two hundred and fifty dollars, and it smokes that thing. So, <laughs> wow! I had I had grand plans in Ultraspank. I didn't have the means to do it, you know. So right. It's nice to actually be able to do the kind of music that we always wanted to as well. So cool. Do you have do you have Pete pretty much your own recording studio with, you know, everything that you need, Pro Tools and everything? I I do, yeah. I have a Pro Tools setup and, and a bunch of um yeah, a bunch of outboard keyboard stuff, but I, I mean I don't even really use it anymore. I'm I'm a total Pro Tools guy and, and I it's amazing what I can carry around on my laptop these days. Wow. That's great. Yeah. So with this album you pretty much again, you know, self produced it and you guys put it out yourselves. This one we did ourselves, yep. Awesome. Very cool. Definitely. And I, I think it's really interesting in terms of, now, were you all involved in the production of it, or were you kind of the primary guy doing that type of stuff in terms of producing? Um, the production is pretty much me, just because I'm the only one who has the attention span for it. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's right. definitely not every, everybody's gag, you know. Um, I, I mm-hmm. have gotten Neil pretty, pretty good now. He's pretty... Um, self-sustaining and recording himself and, and sending me files and most of the guitar tracks we did over the internet for a long time I would take over his computer through iChat and actually run Pro Tools for him he can actually do it himself now but wow pretty pretty much all of his guitar tracks were him in his in his house up in Santa Barbara and then he would send them to me through the internet and I would just drop them into the Pro Tools sessions wow very cool just and per- did you mix it too? I sure did. Wow. Now, you did a great job with it. And one thing I want to comment, because I noticed this with the other songs, too, and this is just because I'm very in tune with hearing stuff, and I, I like paying attention to kind of the, uh, it, what is it, intricacies. Um, it seems like, do you like to mix your vocals a little lower in the mix versus having them high in the mix? <laughs> no, I like, like no, I mom. like that. What's that? <laughs> you sound like my mom. Why? Peter, I can't hear your voice. <laughs> No, 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 I can hear your voice, and I, no, I yeah. like what you do, because I think, and, well, sometime maybe I can talk with you off the air, because that was one of the critiques that I had gotten with my album that I put out, was some people felt the vocals were too high in the mix, and I didn't understand, you know, I, I mean, when I was starting out, I didn't know what that meant, but I, no, I really I, actually, like the way, like, yeah, yeah, not I like sound, the way you like, do kind of, it. I appreciate that, like, not to sound all pretentious about it, but I mean, I actually right. kind of 
studied some of my favorite songs, and I think when the music is this intense and there's there's this much going on in the music, yeah. When the when the vocals are kind of competing with all that din to come out, right. it creates a tension in the music that I that I freaking love. I'm I'm kind of addicted to that kind of battle of trying to get everything mm-hmm. popped through. If you just jam the vocals up, you know, it it just kind of loses its its power to me. So. Right, right. No, no, and I'm not saying by any means. I'm not trying to sound like your mom. I can totally no, hear no, you no, perfectly clear. I know. I'm getting a little defensive. It's definitely, it's definitely no. intentional. <laughs> it's, de- <laughs> it's definitely intentional, though, yeah. It, it creates a tension that I really love. And I think it um, shows your skill set, too, because I think sometimes when people aren't able to mix it as well as you do, that sometimes that separates more of the amateurs. You, you know what I mean? In terms of, from what I've heard, with, you know, bands that are just starting out versus, like you're saying, big budget bands that have these labels and can do some great stuff. So I think that speaks to your um, production ability, too, um, in terms of well, I, how I'll you, say, how I'll you take do that. that. Thanks. Okay. Thank you. That's there awesome. You go. I mean, there is definitely, <laughs> you know, the the clearer you record things, too, sometimes they lose the vibe. You know, I, I definitely like, pushing everything so you kind of get just to the edge of breaking up. It makes it really, really heavy to me. So I, I, that's definitely the sound that I go for the most. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, Thanks for noticing. I, yeah, no, definitely. Like I said, I've spent a lot of time listening to this stuff, and I really appreciate you sending <laughs> me all the stuff you did because it's just it's great. Um, awesome. Tell me, tell me a little bit about the, you know, please introduce the band members too. I know we've mentioned Neil and I know you guys are kind of, from what I've read, scattered all over the place. So just, you know, please plug each of the band members and, and how do you guys, you know, uh, work together considering that you're not on the same location? It is definitely a challenge. Um, and it's a bummer because, you know, we we had a blast together on tour and, and leading up to touring. It's just difficult. Uh, Pete Rickey, our other guitar player, lives um, – back in in massachusetts uh so we you know we don't see him that much and he's he's an awesome dude it's a it's a bummer mm-hmm. you know um but it's it's hard that's that's where he's from aaron had kind of brought him into the mix um, which is how we were introduced to him and he's he's a, a great guy a great guitar player tommy stewart our our drummer is um living up in los angeles now i see him a lot uh but again, he's in Los Angeles. I'm in San Diego. Neil is up in Santa Barbara, and um, uh, Tumor is our original bass player, John Fonstock. He lives up in Los Angeles as well. Um, Jerry okay. Oliveira was in there for a bit when John was doing another project. And Jerry lives in Maui, so I mean, we're wow. We're all we're all scattered around, but it it works, you know. I mean, Neil and I are definitely. Um, you know, we're really in tune with each other on the whole recording process, so we, we're really productive. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we just, you know, we just kind of roll roll it out however it comes, I guess. No, that's cool. That's cool. So is there any, and I know other people have asked you this in interviews, is there any shows coming up? I know you're going to do, please plug, and again, we're not getting off the air, but since we're talking about <laughs> how you guys are scattered and being able to play shows together, um, you know, please plug any upcoming shows as well as what about any options for a tour at some point, anything like that in the future? I mean, we're, obviously we're not, we're not 
you know, we're open to everything. It's it's a mm-hmm. challenge. It's a challenge financially and logistically. Right. So uh, we don't have anything lined up at the moment. We'll we'll see. You know, we'll see what the reaction is to the record, and uh, and we'll kind of go from there. Neil and I are going to do a little Life on Planet Nine set at a screening of Battlefield of the Mind next week in in Phoenix, Arizona. Um, okay. At the Arizona built at the Arizona Biltmore. Cool. So we're going to do um, mostly Life on Planet Nine stuff. Although we've we've worked up some really a really cool acoustic version of Give Me Life, which I think we're going to have to release somehow because it's super cool. Nice. That's awesome. Uh, I love this. But right, right stuff. now, that's all we got. On, that's all we have on the horizon so far. Okay. Okay. So yeah. I'm sure again, people can right. people can check out your website and also look there to see if upcoming uh, events that you guys have. Um, what are some of the bands that you're listening to today? What are some of the bands out there that, you know, inspire you, that you're influenced by, that you enjoy listening to? I, I have really weird taste in music. Okay. Uh, I, from this whole uh, Battlefield of Mind experience, I'm super into Eye Empire right now. I, I think they're yeah awesome dudes, and they make great music. Um, but I listen to so much bizarre stuff, like people get – kind of tripped out. My favorite band is, um, like, I just saw Sigur Ross live in Santa Barbara. That was, like, the, one of the greatest shows I've seen in a long time. Okay. M83, M83 I've been a fan of for years. I love Celtic Frost. I think Ghost is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, like, wow. I'm all over the map. I'm all yeah. over the map with this stuff. And that's, that's kind of cool. what I'm listening to right now. Yeah. Nice. Nice. I, I listen right. to a well, lot of Pandora. And a lot of Pandora. Okay. <laughs> are you yeah. guys on it? Yeah. Um, we are. We are. Nice. I don't know if the new record's okay. on there yet, but but we're we are on Pandora. Our other records are on there. That's great. Great. Yeah. Okay, so I picked one off of the album that I just personally love, um, and I want to ask you a little bit about it. Tell us a little bit about this track, and then we're going to check it out. And I know actually from. Unfortunately, again, doing my research and, and reading about other interviews you've done, this is one of your favorites, too. So tell us about oh, cool. We Are The Ones, because that is like yeah. the one. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's probably my favorite one on the record. Yeah. Um, and it's it's cool. I, I You know, it's, it was um, kind of working with this concept of a, of a hostile takeover. But also... Okay. Um, I'm kind of convinced that, you know, I'm, I'm kind of an environmental activist and, and it's frustrating for me to see where the planet's heading and, and this kind of thing. And so mm-hmm. th- that song is definitely a, a about where we're headed as a society. And the whole dis- disintegration effect, you know, it's really about kind of how we embrace technology. And I'm I'm right there with it. I'm, I'm a total techno geek. Mm-hmm. Um but is it really making us a better civilization, you know, like we think it is? So we are the ones, it's, it's kind of, it's almost like a like a warning song, you know, about where we're headed, I guess. Right. If I may yeah. be, if I may be so, so pretentious as to say that. <laughs> but it's not a super uplifting song. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's a, there's a lot of frustration in that song, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, it's a great track, and uh, let's see this. I'll put you on hold, and uh, then we'll okay. go check it out, all right? Okay. Sounds hold good. on. Okay. All right, everyone. Again, Pete Murray from Low Pro, and we are checking some music out right now off of his new album, his band's new album, 
the um, disintegration effect. So here we go. He just told you a little bit about We Are the Ones. Again, if you tuned in late to the show, the podcast of it will be available to download, stream, etc. once the interview is over tonight. So please enjoy the rest of the interview. We have a lot more to come. Here we go. We Are the Ones. Check it out. And 
All right, everyone, welcome back. Again, We Are the Ones by Low Pro off of their new album, Disintegration Effects. So please download a copy of it. Go to iTunes, go to CD Baby, and uh, go to their website at lowpromusic.com for upcoming events and information on the band. Okay, let's bring Pete back on, and we'll start uh, talking about some more stuff and then wrapping things up. All right, Pete, awesome track. Thank what was that? Thank you. <laughs> you choking? <laughs> well, I said thank you. I oh, said thank you. It was like you went thank you, or I, I don't know. It just sounded weird. No, awesome. You're over. Uh, you're overexcited. Okay, so no, yes. great stuff. Really good stuff. Um, cool. Let's see. What else do you want to share about the album, and then we'll talk a little bit about uh, Battlefield of the Mind and ask you some interesting questions about you yourself. So, well, yes. if you can pick up the record, we would sure appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I'm all about media and spreading things. I noticed the record is available on YouTube in its entirety. That, that doesn't really help a band in our situation, you know? Oh, um, no. exposure is ex- Exposure is good, but we kind of need you all to pick the record Definitely. up to support it. And a lot of people mm-hmm. have, and that is awesome. But, um, yeah, if you haven't, check it out. CDbaby.com if you want a physical CD uh, mm-hmm. or iTunes or Amazon, all kinds of options. Cool. But don't steal it, fools. No. Now, did you guys put it up on YouTube or did oh, other no. people put it up there? Uh, it, it was up there instantly. It's it's a, a little bit wow. of a drag, you know, but for a band in our position, you know. Right, it's it's kind it, of a mixed it, bag. We're not going to sit there and chase people down. I mean, it is what it is, uh, but right. it would be cool if, if you were, people That's were right. aware of what they're doing when they do that kind of thing. Mhm. <laughs> but so if you, anyway. I mean, this is an interesting question. If if you, because this would be your third time around, if a label expressed interest in you today, would you go the label route, or would you want to do things more independently and maybe just get a, a good management team to, you know, put you out there? I mean, yeah, it, it, we know we've learned a lot in this process, so right, it it, it would have to be kind of, a, you know, something different to what we've already done. Right. Um, obviously, we're open to everything, you know, but um, mm-hmm. I could tell you right now, I would never let someone do what a lot of, you know, we kind of had an attitude for a while, like, man, I'm, I don't know anything about this. This is what you do. So, you know, we're going to let you do your thing and we'll do our thing. You can't really take that attitude. You have to be a part of everything and keep your eye on people. And I think we would probably do that more if we had another opportunity. Gotcha. You know? Okay. So you're not closed off to it. It would just have to be more of, like you said, the right situation. Definitely not. And we, we freaking love, we love touring. We, we, we met some amazing people out there and we would, it mm-hmm. breaks my heart sometimes that I can't get back to see some of those people. So I would, I would love an opportunity to get back out and, and say hi to some of our old friends. And I love to travel. So nice. Definitely, nice. Definitely wouldn't, wouldn't turn something. Yeah. Wouldn't turn well, it down I mean, on principle, that's for sure. Right. Well, it's an amazing album, and hopefully, you know, and you guys have tons of connections that you've made along the way, as you said, so maybe, you know, yeah. maybe it will happen at some point. Weirder things cool. have happened. 
Yeah, I always say things happen for a reason, you know, in some weird way. Um, the universe is always right. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. So tell yeah. us a little bit about how you uh, met up with Franz Trine and, you know, developed your relationship with him and, and your interest in the battlefield of the mind. Um, tell us a little bit about that. You know, we toured, when we toured with Stain, on our, the last tour we did was with Stain, Creed, and us. Okay. And Fran was out there taking pictures for Stained, and he was always super generous with us. I mean, he knew that we didn't have any kind of budget and couldn't pay him, and he took tons of awesome pictures of us and video and let us use it, you know. Um, so when he called, it wasn't like I could not help him <laughs> because he <laughs> Right. Uh, so, I mean, I was going to return the favor regardless of what the project was, but when I found out what it was, I mean, I really kind of, I definitely didn't let him forget about me because I really wanted to be a part of it. So, um, I, I definitely was down to help and kind of whenever I could just sort of do something without waiting for his, you know, I mean, I, I would just do whatever I could to be a part of it. So, that's, that's kind of how it yeah, came, came, came about. Yeah, it's an it's an amazing project, and just to again tell the audience, it's uh, Battle for the Mind is a documentary. It is um, really educating people about veterans that come home and have uh, post traumatic stress disorder and are extremely uh, suffering from the condition, and it really impacts their lives. So please, you know, donate to this project. Go to Battlefields of the Mind. Check it out at chill dot com forward slash b o t m. So yeah, I mean, I yeah, watched a, that, and it, it was just. It was devastating, and I was just like, It's a Ugh. really important movie, and, and Fran is awesome is. for, for take it, taking it on. And, you know, I people need to get involved and watch the movie and contribute any way they can. It's, it's really, it's pretty incredible stuff, really. So. Yeah, and I don't um, think people, and, and, unfortunately, realize the struggles, and, you know, these people are putting their lives on the line for our freedom, and they come back and, the, you know, things that maybe they were told it, they were going to get that they're, they're not getting, and it's yeah, It terrible. doesn't make a lick of sense. Yeah, I mean, it, it's basically unacceptable, you know? I mean, these people's lives have been changed forever, and they shouldn't be going through any of what they are right now. So it's it's, it's an amazing project. Yeah, it definitely is, definitely. And if anyone wants to check it out, go to my uh, podcast from 513, uh, when Fran was on the yeah. show and Pete called in and we played tons of music off of the uh, soundtrack. So everyone, please check out the podcast too and you can learn all about the project through that. Um, yeah. So tell us a little bit about, yeah, definitely. What do you like to do in your free time, even though it's rhetorical because I know a couple of the things from <laughs> being friends <laughs> with you on the social media sites. But yeah, tell us just, you know, a little bit about yourself too. We've talked so much about music and your involvement in the industry and all the great stuff you've put out. But who is Pete Murray? What else What else do people want to know about Pete Murray? Well, I live in a very rough part of the country, Southern California, <laughs> um, where we have to deal with things like the ocean and that kind of stuff. So I, nice. I love to surf. I surf a lot. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, you know, I got uh, – my wife and I moved down here to San Diego, I don't know, like six years ago, and I, I got uh, really into Ashtanga yoga. Okay. And it kind of changed my life. So between yoga and surfing and music, um, you know, I, I really 
sometimes I'm tempted to complain, but I really can't. Mm-hmm. Life, life can be way worse. So yeah, and good, so for in addition to the music, oh, absolutely. In addition to the you know your music that you put out, in, do you have a, another job on the side where you work full time? I mean, do you just produce people? Do you record people? Do you engineer? Is that how you also kind of supplement your living and your income? You know, I I have always had a job. I mean, even in 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 Ultraspank, you know, Neil's an electrician. I mean. Okay. We always well, went back. We always went back to work when we had downtime. I work um, mm-hmm. for a marketing company out of Santa Barbara. I, I produce a couple magazines for the company. Oh, nice! And when we did the Creed tour, I I was working the whole time. I mean, I, I worked every day, all day, because I work remotely from my company. Anyway, a lot of people didn't even know I was on tour. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, we. We're hardworking guys. That's crazy. We were never in that situation. We were never in a situation where we had a ton of money in the bank and felt like right. we could just make music. I mean, that that just wasn't our reality. I mean, it. it they, we had a few, uh, not a few, a couple of good years in in low pro. There definitely was some money in the beginning because it mm-hmm. was just Neil and I for a little while. But even still, we were working the whole time. Um, wow, that's great. So yeah, we both we we all have day jobs. Mhm. And I it's and it's all good. It's it's all good. I mean, it's all about finding the balance in there, you know? So, it's it's all good. I like I like to work hard for some reason. That's awesome. And what do you with the magazine cuz I'm interested in marketing and that type of stuff? What do you specifically do in terms of your role? I am a <laughs> I'm a production director. Um for a production department that is just me. So essentially I do everything. <laughs> um, and we put out a couple of magazines, um, custom publications, but we basically market luxury hotels to corporate meeting planners. Oh, okay. Shattering, shattering some people's visions of what I, the life that I lead, but that's it. <laughs> no, but I find it interesting. I like to also get other information and not just make it so based on what you're coming right. on the show for. You know, I'm a huge fan of Howard Stern. That's, I would never go down the road he takes. I mean, he's a little more abrasive than I would be with my personality, but I love when he's able to pull stuff out of people, and that's what I try to do with my interviews, too, is just let the people yeah, learn totally. about who the artist is and not just the edge. Yeah, not you know, just make our, it our reality in the music business was always kind of a harsh one. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm even like an ultra spank, you know, I mean, we, we got an advance, and a few people in the band quit their jobs. But, you know, that advance gets split five ways and then your manager mm-hmm. takes a large cut and your agent and your lawyer and that money lasts a few months. <laughs> so wow. I remember, you know, I always, we just always worked and, and did music. It's just, that's always been our reality. So I still that's do great. it today. No, that's great. And I think you can demonstrate by what you do that it's possible to still do music, but it, I guess it depends on it's all relative to what, someone truly wants in their life and I think I can appreciate what you're doing and I would be very conservative with my full-time job and I would not be someone that would just step out and try to kind of go out there and, and hope it happens for me you know what I mean I think it's just yeah I mean, it, it kind of comes down for me like what am I hoping to happen I mean I'm I'm doing exactly what I want to do I mean sure I would love to make music all day every day that would be great but Right. You know, in, in a way, you have to be more efficient with your time, and it makes me more productive. So, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm able to I'm able to fit it all in, and and it and it's it's, it's all good. 
That's awesome. Well, I can't yeah. wait to hear more low-pro stuff in the future, and you're always welcome back on my show. It was a pleasure interviewing you. Um, and, yeah, please keep in touch off the air. I'd love to tell you some of the stuff that I do. I think you, I think it'll blow your mind. <laughs> I, I'd love to hear um, about it. I'd love to hear about it. Yeah. And hey, you know, just, yeah. just one more thing. We uh, we are like almost we're beyond halfway finished with a new Life on Planet Nine record. So. Oh we're gonna, really? We're gonna. Yeah, that'll be out. I think we'll probably do Christmas time. I think we've we've never released a record around Christmas, so we're gonna we're shooting okay. for that. Well, then you're coming on but in December, so so uh, already pencil awesome. that into your calendar. <laughs> yeah, it's my my favorite project. Yeah, it's super That's super cool. Awesome. So. Are you still going to keep it yeah. acoustic, or are you going to do some, a combination of stuff? No, we've kind of plugged it in this time. Um, cool. We're not not big distorted guitars, but um, it's a little right. more rocked out. Uh, there are a couple acoustic songs on there, but it's it's a little more rocky. It's pretty dope. All right. I can't wait to hear it, and we'll definitely book you for uh, some time. In the, we don't talk about the winter yet, but, you know, <laughs> when that season comes along. Well, thank you, and thanks for having me today, by the way. Absolutely, and I want you to just, uh, why don't we do this? I think it'll be cool. I have a few more minutes tacked on that I put because I added some additional time tonight to your interview. Let's uh, let's play when to close the show. So tell people a little nice. bit about. Yeah, let's do that. Let's play when so we can kind of do, kill a few birds at one stone, so to speak, because it's <laughs> off of your Life on Planet Nine. It's off of the Battlefield of the Mind soundtrack. Uh, so tell us a little bit about that track because it's, it's amazing. Um, yeah, that that's a cool one, uh, and it and it made it on to um, uh, the Battlefield Mind section. I'm actually in the movie, which is something that I've always wanted to see. My song in the movie, and uh, there it is. Brand really liked it, but it's off the the first Life on Planet Nine record. Just kind of, you know, um, a song about just kind of taking things day by day, not really knowing where you're going, and. Uh, but just kind of keeping the faith and and moving forward, never backwards. Cool. And please also plug where people can find you if you're on Twitter, Facebook, and all that good stuff. Give a couple of quick points. Oh, yeah, that. you know, um, so I'm, I'm Pete Murray Low Pro on Twitter and Life on Planet 9. I run those both. And I'm on Facebook. You know, I just got a Vine account, which is possibly the most annoying account you'll run into. What's so a Vine like account? Be... Oh, come on, Carrie. I haven't heard of that. A Vine account? Yeah, you know, like you can make videos that loop. Oh, okay. So I, they, no, I'm sorry. They, that's that's they new to me for some uh, reason. It's freaking <laughs> hilarious. And I, I got to say, I'm, I'm following Clint Lowry on there, and he is freaking hysterical. Okay. And it's it's kind of it's cool what you can do with a looping video. Some people get really creative. Clint's is freaking hilarious. Oh, you know what? Mine I is, have seen that. Mine's okay. just totally annoying. I'm just doing stupid, annoying things on there, but it's super fun. <laughs> I'll have to check Bottom it out. Bottom line is I'm accessible. My, my bandmate's not so much. Tommy Stewart, he's not a he's not a social media guy. Neil is not a social media guy. I know. I've tried to look a couple of them up, and I couldn't find them. I was disappointed. <laughs> Pete Ricky is he's on there. You can find Pete Ricky, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's funny. Neil and okay. Tommy are just like, nah, that's not my style. But right, right. You can find you can find me, and I'll tell you what you need to know. Okay, Pete, <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> well, Pete, thank you so much again, and I wish you uh, much continued success. We'll definitely be in touch, and I look forward to hearing 
more about uh, the Disintegration Effect album as well as your new life on Planet Nine. Awesomeness. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks so much, Pete. All yeah. right. We're going to play when now. You can you can sit on, you can hang up, whatever you want to do. And uh, please promote the podcast. It will be available once it's over, and it does very well in terms of getting listens. Awesome. I will, I will share All right. for sure. Okay. Cool. Thanks, Thanks so much. Take care, Pete. Yep. Have a good one. All right. One. Okay, cool. You too. Bye. All right, everyone. We're going to close the show with When, which is off of the Life on Planet 9 album that Pete and I were just speaking about as well as it is on the Battlefield of the Mind soundtrack. Again, thank you so much, everyone, for listening tonight. A couple of quick plugs. Please check out Davin's Den. Go to davincomedy.com. It's an amazing comedy podcast. It's spelled D-A-V-I-N, comedy.com. Also check out talentspotlightmagazine.com. And, uh, sorry, Talent Spotlight Magazine, actually, it's been a long day, .net. Pete might want to check them out. They do really good write-ups on artists. So if anyone's interested, um, definitely check them out. I've done some writing for the magazine. And um, let's close with one. If I forgot anything else, I'll come quickly back in right after the song uh, happens. But, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Check out the podcast. Uh, if you have Twitter, follow me at Carrie Edelman. If you follow me, I will follow you. Please find me on Facebook. I have two pages now. One of them's maxed out. The other one is still open, so I'd love to keep in touch with people personally, and please become a fan of The Carrie Edelman Show on Facebook for upcoming shows, events, and guests. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great night. I don't know where I I don't know where I've been I don't know just what I'm looking for But I know one thing for sure Find a word that's left to say. I can't wait around here in this place anymore. But I know one thing for sure.
But I know one thing for sure 